0: Taking someone on their first hunt is not only rewarding for the person you're taking, but I found out firsthand that it's even more rewarding for the hunting mentor. In this episode, I have a conversation with my friend Ryan Mickler, who's just getting started as a hunter. I took him on his first hunt, and after the hunt, we sat down to talk about his whole experience and journey as a new hunter. A few topics we cover include Ryan's journey to become a better man and how that involves hunting, the perception and misconception of hunting, Preparing for the hunt, lessons learned from the hunt, and why you should try hunting.
1: Welcome to Activate the Hunt, helping you master the skill of hunting. If you're a new hunter who's just getting started, or you've been hunting for a while, but want to learn new tips, tactics, and information to help you become a better hunter, this podcast is for you. Get ready to Activate the Hunt.
0: Welcome to Activate the Hunt podcast. I'm Colin Cottrell, your host. Whether you're new to the show or you've been a listener for a while, I just want you to know I'm really glad you've joined me today. This podcast and organization is dedicated to helping new and experienced hunters like you learn, grow, and get inspired. Before we jump into the conversation this week with my friend Ryan Mickler, I have a few things I wanted to mention. If you're on Instagram, be sure to follow me at instagram.com forward slash activate the hunt. We have a great community over on that platform. I love connecting with people and uh, really getting to know the people who listen to the show. So if you're if you're on Instagram, be sure to follow ActivateTheHunt on Instagram. Also, if you're on there, why don't you stop right now what you're doing and take a picture of yourself and put it out there as a story. Be sure to tag me at activateTheHunt. I'd love to see who's uh, see who's following the show and to see what you're up to uh, on your daily basis. So stop right now, take a quick picture, and tag me in the post. Uh, If you're driving, be sure to stop driving, and don't take a picture when you're driving, please. Thank you. I'll even offer up some incentive. If you uh, tag me in a post on Instagram or a story, I'm going to choose five people that are listeners who tag me to win a new free decal. I just got some decals printed up last week, and I got those in the mail. So if you uh, tag me, you might have a chance to win a free decal. Also, I've got some exciting things coming very soon. If you haven't signed up for my email list yet at activatethehunt.com, be sure to sign up over there. All right, let's jump into the show this week with Ryan Mickler. I just want to give a little context on this uh, on this conversation that we had. This is ba- This conversation's from back in late 2017. We were uh, we were on a hunt with our, my friend Clay Herzog with Pro and Outfitters, and uh, Ryan had never been on a hunt before, so I invited him to come on a hunt. And we hunted with a rifle and with a bow. And Ryan ended up killing two deer, bringing home a lot of meat, and we had a great time. The plan was to take him out on his first hunt and really get an idea of what the journey is like for a new hunter. Uh, the conversation was a lot of fun. The The whole week and the whole hunt was a lot of fun. It's It's going to be one that I'll remember for the rest of my life. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. Ryan's a great guy. He's got some really cool things going on with his website, orderaman.com, and you can check out his podcast on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere podcasts are found. Uh, Just search for Order of Man. Uh, Let's jump into it. Well, we're here with Ryan Mickler, and we're live in person. This is kind of a different podcast than I'm used to doing. Usually, it's over the computer and over the phone, you know, recording from the computer. So, it's kind of nice. We get to be in person. Ryan just went on his first hunt, his first deer hunt ever, and uh, actually killed his first deer ever as well. Actually,
1: what? You didn't think I would?
0: Well, you just never know. Hunting is Hunting is one of those things where it's not always about the kill, you know. It's about the journey, and uh, it's about everything that happens around the hunt. So
1: I felt pretty fortunate to... uh... Come across the deer that we did even just that first. I mean, it was the first couple of hours even. Yeah. I talked with a guy who uh, who saw the picture of the buck that I shot and he put like a little angry emoji on Facebook and somebody said, what's, what's the angry emoji all about? And He says, I'm just jealous because he's been on two hunts and hasn't shot a deer yet. So he's like, I'm. I'm just jealous. Ryan actually shot a deer on his first hunt. Yeah,
0: that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's cool. So let's let's jump into this, Ryan. Let's let's tell the viewers. You know, you're obviously a first time hunter, and, and my show is kind of based around and it's information for a lot of the first time hunters and hunters who are, have been hunting for a while but want to learn more, obviously. But you know, tell tell the viewers who you are. You know, talk about your story. Um, uh, just tell them a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I you know, if if we were to go back, I actually grew up in Southern California, um, never had guns around in the house, didn't believe in hunting. Not that we were opposed to it, just really weren't surrounded with it. Uh, and it wasn't until I moved to Southern Utah. I remember the first season, it must've been October ish. And, uh, we were driving around and we, everywhere we'd look, we'd see deer hanging from people's outside basketball hoops. And my mom was like, she was horrified. She's like, where did we move? Oh my goodness. But, uh, that, that was kind of my first introduction and they had, uh, I remember in school they had, I think they called it fall break, which was really, hunt, I mean, it was hunting break is really what it was, which I thought was pretty cool. But for whatever reason, I just, I just never got involved in it when I was in high school. And so on my journey to become a better man, and, and I know we, you and I have talked about this at length and, and we'll probably get into a little bit more, uh, I, I think a man's job is to protect, provide and preside. And if I can learn how to hunt and learn the skill that goes into hunting, the skills, I should say, uh, I feel like that'll make me a better provider, definitely. And so that's what we're out here doing, trying to learn a new skill, trying to develop a new skill so that I can provide more adequately and more fully for my family. And uh, it's been pretty cool.
0: Now, you, you run a website and a podcast as well, and it's called Order of Man and orderofman.com. Now tell the viewers a little bit about your project and what you're doing with that and why you started that.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, our goal is to help men become better men, better leaders in their, in their communities, better leaders in their own lives, in their relationships, in their businesses, everything that they're doing, better men in general. And for me, I, I, I really floundered, uh, as far as what it meant to be a man for a long time. And so I set out on a journey. This was about eight years ago. Uh, my wife and I went through a separation and through that separation, I won't get into all the specifics, but through that separation, uh, I learned a lot about who I was and how I was showing up and how I wasn't showing up. And I felt maybe I should be. And I really went on this journey of discovering what it meant to be a better father and husband. And as I had a lot of these conversations with other men, I began to realize that a lot of these guys were experiencing and going through the very same things that I was, you know, no father figure around when I was growing up, Uh, separations, divorces, all kinds of stuff. And so I felt like, you know, I feel like at at some point we have this moral obligation. We go through experiences in our lives to, yes, uplift ourselves and to learn, but also to help other people get where they want to be. I mean, that's why we're here doing this hunt. You know, you've learned how to hunt. You grew up with a father who taught you how to hunt, which you've shared some of those stories with me, which is really cool. I didn't have that experience, but I appreciate you and I honor you for now taking that Lesson in those experiences, and then passing them down. Even though I happen to be what five, six, seven years older than you, yeah, yeah. And but still, you're you're passing that on and and leaving a legacy. And yep. and I think that's part of what it means to be a man is to share what we know.
0: Yep, I agree. Now, because you didn't grow up hunting, what were some of your hobbies? What was your lifestyle like? Like what what kind of things were you into? Well, <clears throat>
1: when I was in California, I was really involved like skateboarding, surfing, that kind of stuff. Just just doing that, the typical California stuff. <laughs> Uh, I remember moving to Utah and, man, it was such a weird, such a strange move because we moved, the high school that I would have went to in California had more Mm -hmm. kids in the entire population of the high school than the entire town that I moved to. It's like 2,400 people in the town. I graduated with 42 people in my class. Really small, really tight knit. Everybody grew up together. They knew each other. Um, And you know, they they were pretty inclusive though. Uh, And I had some really good friends, but I, I stayed really involved in sports. So I played basketball or excuse me not I played basketball one year and then I got cut my second year. <laughs> and my coach <laughs> said if you want to continue to play football, which is my real sport, then uh then you have to go out for the wrestling team. Mm-hmm. So I played football, I wrestled and I played baseball. And those were my activities. I just I, I stayed busy doing those three things. Yep. That was it.
0: Kind yep. of you already answered a lot of the uh the stuff I wanted to ask you at the start. You just I just and, went through you it. You went right through Sorry, it right man. I still I stole all your thunder. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> So, you know, recently you've built an interest for hunting, you know, maybe you in the past, maybe you saw it and were like, you know, Hey, this, this looks cool. You know, I want to try that someday, but what, what really recently got you, you know, excited about maybe going hunting or why did you want to get involved?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. You know, I looked at you, I looked at what you were doing. I looked at what a lot of other guys are doing that mutual friends of ours and people that we follow online and whatnot. And I I just have always had a respect and admiration for what these guys were doing. Of course, I didn't know the full effect or ramifications of of what it meant to go hunting. Mm -hmm. But I always, I always admired somebody who could learn and develop the skill set to harvest his own meat, essentially put the food on the table. You know, we've been, we as men have been doing that for thousands and thousands of years. And and I don't I don't think it's up until relatively recently that we've been asking other people to do it for us. Yeah, and and not that there's anything wrong with that. I think there's a lot that that is good in that. Um, but it's really it's really fascinating to see the disconnect between where our food comes from and then how we end up consuming that food.
0: On this hunt, I know we've talked about that a lot. Just sitting in the ground blind, just talked about that connection between us as humans and you know the animals that walk around this earth with us and and what they are for us. Right. You know, and what their place is in, in, in life and just losing that connection over time, you know, has really brought a disconnect between us and hunting as well. So it's kind of cool to see you adapt and get back into that and, and really understand that connection fully now.
1: Well, I think it's, I think it's important. I think, I think it's really easy to be ignorant about where our food comes from, and really ignorant about a lot of different things in life. And until you're willing to actually make the connection between, in this case, where your food comes from and how you end up consuming it, you know, I get, I, I see people that 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 uh, get frustrated with the hunting industry or hate hunters. I mean, I even experienced that to a small, small degree over the weekend, just in posting a couple of pictures. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely ridiculous. It's ignorant some of the statements that are being made. But, anyways, to, to your to your question, uh, my point was actually to make the connection between where our food is and how we consume it and and then learning, of course, the skills. And the the beauty of, of the uh, engagements and the experiences that we have is you can't make a decision in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. So the skill sets required, again, from my limited perspective of this being my first hunt, that are required to make a successful hunt are the same skill sets that are required to be successful in other areas of life. You, know, you have your commitment, discipline, dedication, patience, um, all of these these skills translate perfectly into running a business or leading a family or being a, a an exactly. effective member of your community. So anytime I can get myself involved in something that is good, uh, there's a lot of benefits outside of just what it produces, in this case, harvesting meat. Yeah.
0: What did you imagine hunting was going to be like before you tried it? Like really honestly, what did you think it was going to be like? Um, you know, I don't know if I really had any expectations.
1: I tried not to place expectations on it. You know, of course you see Instagram, right? And you see Facebook and you see these guys and they're out and they're, they're camo and they're seeing some of the coolest places in the world and the big trophy. Right. And so we see all of that and you think, oh, well that's, that's what it's like. In an all reality, there's a lot behind the scenes that we had to participate in. Yep. And then we're here with clay with uh, prone outfitters and the months and years of work that has gone into him maintaining his land, mm-hmm. I didn't think about that before coming out here. And so to be involved in that to some small degree and actually see what he does behind the scenes, and then to see, you know, us us sitting in silence and cold and being patient, and uh, that was a lot that I didn't necessarily expect. Although I did enjoy it.
0: It's not like the average guy sees on TV where, he, you know, you, you get out to the uh, blind or you get out to the tree stand and, and 10 minutes later, there's this big, massive buck walking right. out. You shoot and it and you're done. You shoot
1: it and you're done. Right. Take some cool pictures and then everything's
0: good. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and then you look cool, cool on Instagram now and, yeah. and can show that to all your buddies. But <laughs> in reality, there's there's a lot more to it that... Isn't that cool? You know, it, it should be cooler. It should be the cool stuff on Instagram, you know, the sitting out the, in the ground blind, just enjoying conversation with somebody you care about or somebody you enjoy being around, you know, right. which is what we've kind of encountered. You know, we've got to spend some time learning about each other more. I think that's an important aspect. Well, um, I think
1: that's a huge problem in society just in general. You know, you look at social media and social media is great. I mean, I, I make a living off social media, so it's it's powerful. Everybody mm-hmm. that I talk to uses social media. It's a powerful medium. So, don't get me wrong on that. But the other side of it is that I think it perpetuates this idea that we can have things now. Uh, We don't have to wait for them. We can get uh, the result without the effort and we want, you know, it's instant gratification. And so, anytime that you can ground yourself in reality of there's a lot of work that goes up front, I think is a good thing.
0: You got to think about the things that are in between all the the cool parts. Right.
1: We talked about it. Andy Stumpf, he's a a former Navy SEAL and he's a... uh, base jumping wingsuit flying madman essentially. And he's even said the same thing. He's like, you know, Ryan, I put up these pictures and I put up these videos and people see the quick snap or they see the, the, the 10 or 20 second video. But what they don't realize is it took me four or five, six days to hike this peak, to actually get to that place where I could enjoy 14 minutes of benefit, yeah, 20 minutes of benefit. Exactly. Pretty, <laughs> And I think that's, I think that's life. I think yep. that's from my experience, again, I, I'm not a. I wouldn't consider myself a, a hunter, although I've hunted. Um, it's it's very similar to that.
0: I think what makes hunting so cool is that you can really take benefit from each part of the hunt. You know, uh, the misconception is is the hunt is just when you're out there, you take the shot and you make the kill, right? And that's what a lot of people put the hunt as. But for me, and the way I grew up, and and what I was the way I was introduced, and the way I, what I've been trying to show you is the hunt is before during and after you know it's the whole time i mean it's the hunt for me is even five months before the hunt when you're sitting there thinking about what am i going to do how am i going to do it you know you're preparing you're planning or even you know with clay like what he does with his outfitting operation i mean he's taking the summer to uh you know take a look at what kind of inventory he has for animals on his land he's he's feeding these animals he's uh taking care of them you know he's watching them in the wild he's scouting them out you know there's so much that goes into that part of it that's all part of the hunt you know when you when you get in your truck and you go out and check the trail camera man that's 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 part of the hunt man right. that's that's what it's all about and you can enjoy that you know yourself or you can bring your friends out to to partake in that and and you can learn different things about life and each aspect of the hunt
1: right that's- yeah i think there is i think there's this this notion and and i know we're going to be talking with clay here in a little bit about this but that guys can just come out show up shoot and then go home and although maybe I guess they could do that, that you, to can, me you can you like can have that the entire benefit of yeah. cleaning out your animal, getting it processed. You know the the preparation that leads up to it. Yep. What gear do I need? Going out, you know, I went out for uh, a lot of hours. I put a lot of hours in shooting my rifle, uh, bringing my bow, shooting shooting the bow. Like trying to get that dialed in. We spent some time you and I this morning of like yep. just teaching me some small cues. All of that stuff is, I think, what leads to ultimate success. Whatever whatever endeavor you're
0: you're on and whatever you define success as sure yeah (laughs) how did you prepare for this hunt you know mentally physically emotionally what what you know how did you you know get prepared for this hunt and and yeah, just go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, first.
1: definitely. Yeah, so from a physical standpoint, I felt pretty. I felt pretty prepared. I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know if we were going to be sitting in a blind. I didn't know if we were going to be hiking. I didn't have any expectation um, or even desire to do it one way or the other. I'm just here to learn, and so I, I tried to keep my my expectations just neutral, so so I could just come and show up and have a good time. Uh, but from a physical standpoint, you know, I, I stay pretty physical. I go to CrossFit five days a week, and and I do strength training and things like that and we hike of course I'm in southern utah so we're always outdoors and hiking so from a physical perspective i feel like I, I'm pretty capable of handling what needs to be handled just well, because- Well,
0: and for this hunt, it really wasn't a physically demanding hunt. It wasn't. Hunt. You know, this right. is this is a kind of an intro to, you know, this is one way you can hunt. There, we, As we talked about this week as well, you know, there's many different ways you can hunt. And, you know, I know you look at some guys and look up to some guys on Instagram that are big into the mountain hunting. And, yeah. And, you know, they're big into hiking back 10, 15 miles and- Yeah. Killing an elk with their bow. And, you know, this wasn't that kind of hunt. Right. But- I don't want to take away from this style of hunt either. I think there's a lot to be learned in different styles of hunting. And I think you learned a lot just, you know, this was a good intro to hunting for you just to, you know, not to have so much phys- physicality involved in the hunt, you know, just learn the other p- parts of it first.
1: So, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, the other side of it too is, uh, it, I spent a lot of time in Boy Scouts when I was younger and I help our Boy Scouts in our in our area now. And the motto is be prepared. Right. And so, when it comes to physical fitness, for example, we'll talk about these other other components. Just yep. be prepared, be ready, not because you're going on hunt, but because it's your lifestyle. Yep. So that if a hunt presents itself, or you get to get into an altercation, yep. or there's a natural disaster, emergency, that you're physically prepared and capable to handle that thing. Yep. Um, I, I don't I don't think that you should just train because you have something coming up. Although that's important, I think you should always strive to be a healthy person. Anyway, so I, that I agree. So from a physical perspective, that's what I did. Um, mentally, I mean, I, for me, it was just understanding the gear, understanding the equipment, practicing with it, spending time with it, uh, learning, doing research, and then ultimately just going outside and shooting. That's that's really where I feel like you should be. Right, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta actually get out there and do the thing before. And you talked a lot. This was actually something that was really fascinating to me that I hadn't really considered. Although I've thought about this in other context is the idea of visualization. So when we got out there that first morning and we were sitting in the blind and we were waiting at that point, uh, you were talking about, Hey, at this point, like take some time to think about, you know, when these deer come in, where they're going to come from, what they're going to look like. If you take a shot, how that shot's going to be set up. I thought that was really fascinating because we even, we even, uh, I've, I learned this when I was in in high school. I remember in baseball, our coach would always say, okay, what's going to happen if it's hit to you? And so you'd constantly be running through these plays in your head. If it's hit here, here's what I do. If it's hit here, here's what I do. Yep. And so for you to take that same thought of visualization uh, and, and bring it into the hunt, I thought was pretty fascinating. And that was one thing I didn't expect, although it makes perfect sense now that you say it.
0: Yep. yep.
1: Emotionally? Um, I, I guess the biggest, like from an emotional well. Okay, so emotionally, I was actually a little bit, uh, I didn't know how I would feel after shooting a deer. Yeah. Because, like, I don't want to kill animals. And I think that's a misconception that people have, too. Like, you just want to go out and slaughter animals. Like, that wasn't my ambition. That wasn't my goal. My goal was to be a better man. My goal was to come out here and put food on the table. That was my goal. Uh, So, quite honestly, I didn't know how I would feel after shooting one of God's creations, essentially. Yeah, it's...
0: it's it truthfully is, even for me still. I mean, I've been hunting for years. It's still hard to prepare emotionally because it's different every time. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's like it hits you really hard and sometimes it's just like, okay, you know, I, I killed the animal. And, and you give respect to that animal, but it's it's just different every time. It's hard yeah. to explain. You know, you yeah. can't really prepare for it.
1: Yeah, I, I think it is. And and I I actually, I didn't feel bad afterwards. I, I was excited, of course. and. One of the things I remember you saying is as when we got done, when we shot and we found the buck, you know, you thanked God and you thanked the animal. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool um, because it is something that, well, I care about and it's obviously something you and Clay care about. I mean, I've seen that in both of you over this, over this past three or four days is that this isn't out. These, these, this is noble intentions yeah. and you honor the land, you honor the wild, you honor the animal and you honor everything that you're doing. And that's pretty cool to see. Yeah
0: another another part of it too is you know when we were out there in the blind it wasn't like we were just rushing to take this quick shot and make this kill happen so quick you know right, we, right. i think you know obviously this is patience but you know it's also the emotional side of it we really care about these animals we really want them to die quick we want it you know we want to do quick damage so we can find that deer quick you know as, as you found it's yeah. one of those things you know it you know, we get on that blood trail and we find that deer and there can be a little nervousness in in, in that period of time. You know, you can get a little excited and, man, we really want to find this deer. You know, where is it at? When patience comes into play again, you know, you got to take your time. You got to be emotionally and mentally ready to, you know, get down on that blood trail, follow that blood trail, and then come up to that animal. Right.
1: It's not not over once you make that shot, right? That's that's just the start. That's the start. Like almost in in my mind, you know, because you see the video games and you see the images and you see this, it's like you shoot it and it falls down. And then you go over and it's dead and there you are. But in, in in this hunt's case, when I shot it, I actually thought I missed. Like I felt really good when I took the shot because we talked about this. I felt really good when I took the shot. It felt like it was a clean shot. And I didn't know how the animal re- would react. Well, he ran off. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I must have missed. And I thought I missed behind him. I thought I missed right. And we went up to where I shot and there was no blood. And I was I f- I felt really bad because the last thing I, I didn't want to miss, number one, because I've been practicing. Uh, But I also didn't want to make a bad shot on the animal that would wound the animal and not kill it quickly. Yeah. So I actually felt really bad. And fortunately we, we followed him after that shot and found the trail relatively quickly
0: yep.
1: and found him what, he was 50 only, yards away. Yeah.
0: He was only 50 yards, 50, 60 yards yeah. away, man. You made a great shot. You did a good job. And that's, that's typical, you know, that's typical for a new hunter is, you know, we, even, even when I shot at a a doe uh, a couple days later, right away, I thought I missed, you know, too. And I was like, I probably hit it, but I feel like I miss. I feel like I made a good shot. Yeah. But then we ended up seeing that I did miss. So you don't always hit it, but you got to do your due diligence and go up there and look for a blood trail and take. You know, we what did we take an hour, hour yeah, and a it half? It's a long time searching, look, looking yeah. for blood and looking for potentially finding that deer. And and you got to put your time in, and you got to you know, you got to do your due di- uh, do your due diligence. That was one of the interesting things too. I was thinking about
1: that because when you shot at that doe. I didn't have a really good eye on on what you were shooting at mm-hmm. and I felt like I, I maybe dropped the ball a little bit there but what was interesting about that is that I got thinking about was it's really good in our case to hunt with with a partner yeah for a lot of different reasons number one you have somebody that's got your back you have a second set of eyes you've yep. got a different vantage point there's a lot of reasons for that yep. um, you have somebody to talk with when it gets bored or I, I thought that was pretty cool and I think that's some that's a lesson that can definitely be taken into life you know, I think a lot of times men especially go at it alone and yep. think that we have this lone wolf syndrome or, or that somehow, you know, it's more noble to do things on our own. And while there's going to be a time where you need to stand, yes, on your own two feet, I think there's value in having other people around. And so that was, that was a lesson that I took away that I think is very translatable to other areas of our life.
0: And I've hunted both ways. You know, I've hunted by myself in the back country for three, four days just by myself. And you learn a lot about yourself I'm doing sure. it, doing it that way for sure. But you know, for me, it's honestly just having friends and family and, and the people around that I care about and that I love, you know, when I am hunting, that's, that's even more fun to me. You know, yeah. don't get me wrong. I, I do like always, but it's just having, you know, and, and then the advantages, like you said, you know, having a second set of eyes to, to see where that deer goes after you shoot, because you know, especially with a the gun, there's, there's a lot of reaction that happens, you know. There's a big bang, you know, there's a lot of, you know, your yeah. ears are ringing, for you know, sure. there's a lot yeah. that's going on. So. Adrenaline's pumping. I yeah. remember
1: before, even just before taking that shot, you know, heart was beating. I was jittery, which I didn't really, I mean, i i have been shooting for, you know, what, 20 years or so, spent time in the military and yet I was still like, my nerves were getting to me yep. where it was the point where that rifle was moving around a little bit more than it typically would if I was at the range. And what did I tell you? Yeah. What? Just call it. Just calm down. Take your time. Be patient. You've got time. I've
0: got plenty of time. Yep. Yep. So this kind of jumps into, you know, my next question, which is perfect. You know, what did you learn? And you can kind of talk about some things that really, you know, stood out to you, you know, things that you really didn't expect to learn from this.
1: Yeah, man, that's a really good question. What I learned from the whole thing. Well, I had, I had talked to my wife about, and I put this on Facebook too, that I'm not somebody who's very patient. Like I'm really not like, just go get in there, get it done, be done with it. And so this was good because I did have to be patient. It was funny because we shot that, that buck the first night. Within maybe the first couple of hours that we were out, <laughs> and we're here for five days. Yeah. And so my wife, so my wife, she she messaged me back. She's like, "Well, so much for your patience. Yeah. What are you going to do for the remaining, you know, four and a half days that you're out there?" But I think that was really good for me. Um, I think that the more that we can put ourselves in situations that maybe go counterintuitive to what we've always done, the better off that we're going to be, the stronger uh, mentally and emotionally. Like you were talking about earlier, we're going to be. So definitely patience was mm-hmm. a big thing. Uh, expectations, like we talked about a little bit earlier, that was a big thing. I think if we go in with too high expectations that number one, it's a, it's a false reality. We're making up a fantasy land. And so what that does in my mind is it discourages you from, from participating essentially, you know, you come away and I've seen Clay, he was talking with some potential clients and, and they wanted these big bucks, these trophy bucks, and they wanted a guarantee to come out here and do this. And it was pretty cool to listen to him talk about expectations. Like, look, if, if that's what you're after, I mean, you, that might happen, but I can't guarantee that will happen. Here's, here's the reality of what we're dealing with. Yeah. And so I thought expectations, managing those expectations uh, was important. I also think there's a lot to be said for having somebody who knows what they're doing yeah. around you, right? Because too often we think, oh, I, I can do this. I know how to shoot. So I can just go set it up and we'll be done. But I don't think it would have nearly turned out as good as it has if it weren't for Clay with Prone Outfitters and with you and, and our friendship and you being willing to sit, and out, sit out there with me and walk me through it and teach me some things that, you know, I didn't fully understand and have a handle on. So, those are, those are probably my three biggest takeaways, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Great. That's excellent. What was your favorite part of the hunt? shooting the deer, <laughs> shooting the deer. I mean, I, <laughs> that's
1: why I came here, man. I, I just to, just to see him, um, downed and, and have that sense of excitement that I came out here with a goal in mind. And I, and I did, I told my wife, I told my family, I told a lot of people, Hey, my goal is to, to bridge the gap between me knowing how to shoot a gun and then actually putting it to use, which mm-hmm. is to provide food for our family. Mm-hmm. That's why I came out here ultimately a lot of reasons, but ultimately that's the number one reason I came out. So knowing that I accomplished what I set to accomplish was was pretty cool. That was exciting. But it's also cool the camaraderie. You know, we get so busy with our day-to-day lives and so consumed with what we're doing from work and family life and all of our charities and other things that we belong to. And just to be able to come out here and unplug with some good people, some really good guys and sit by the campfire and have some cool conversations that you probably normally wouldn't have in any other context was actually a lot of fun as well. You get
0: to learn about other people's lives and just instead of just focusing on your life all the time, you get to kind of jump into somebody else's life and learn about them. Yeah, definitely. You know, I I just wanted to mention too, I'm going to kind of answer this question myself because it for me, every hunt is different. So, I have a favorite part of every hunt as well, you know, that I've, I, cause I've hunted for years and I've taken people, you know, I've taken new hunters out a little bit, but not like to this extent where it was just me and you for the most part. Yeah. And man, I'll tell you what, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed taking you out on this hunt and watching you, you know, have kill your first animal and, and just watching the whole hunt happen and unfold how it did. I mean that was almost more exciting to me than actually going out on my own hunt. It was crazy. I, I, I didn't know how to, you know, I didn't know what it was going to be like, but it ended up being just awesome. So awesome. I was
1: actually really impressed because I remember after we found that buck, how excited you were about it.
0: I was more excited, I think, stoked. for years than I was, I was yeah, after I killed mine. For sure, yeah. <laughs> I,
1: and I, I thought that was really cool because I think it's a lot of times like we don't celebrate people's successes right like we're so like you said we're so concerned with our own lives and so concerned with what we have or there's a scarcity mindset too yeah like somehow that if Ryan wins or Colin wins whoever wins then somehow i i can't or that i'll lose and it was really cool to see you like celebrate my victory mm-hmm. as
0: much as you did i felt like I won because of well, that. you were part of it, yeah. right? It so was this awesome. This
1: isn't like one man going at it. This is a this is a team thing that that we were able to do this weekend, and you were part of that, and uh, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool to see.
0: Would you recommend others to try hunting?
1: Yeah, I think everybody should try hunting. I really do. I think Why? It's, um I think there's a lot that can be learned from it. I think number one, like it gets you out of this place of frankly ignorance. Um, I think that's really important. You know, it's, we can operate in fantasy land and pretend we know what we're talking about until we actually go and do that thing. I I don't think we have very much room to stand on. You know, people complain about hunting and the ethics of it and gun rights and eh, all the things that people complain about. But again, unless you're willing to actually go out there and give it a sincere and genuine effort. And look, if it's not for you, I can, I can appreciate that. I can respect that. I don't think you have to be a, a hunter to be a, a man. No. But um, I do think you should try it. I think the reason that we're on this planet is ultimately to gain new knowledge, to gain new experiences, to gain new perspectives, and I think hunting is a great way to do that, especially if you feel resistant to it. Go try it. Give it a shot. Find somebody that can help you out. Find a friend. Find an outfitter like we've got here with Clay, uh, and and go give it a shot, yes. give it an honest effort and yep. see what you can learn and see what you
0: can experience. What advice would you give to someone who is just getting into hunting or just wants to try hunting?
1: Uh, fi- number one, find somebody like you got to find somebody. You can't, you can't learn. You have to, Yeah. you don't know what you don't know. I mean, I, for example, uh, I probably three or four months ago bought a bow cause I thought it looked cool. And I'm, I, I've always been somebody who, you know, if that looks cool, I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it a sincere effort. So I did. I bought a bow, bought a top of the line bow. Like I didn't spare any expense because I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. So I got the bow, got everything going, watched some YouTube videos, did a couple things here and there, looked online and and just started shooting in my backyard and felt, felt pretty good about it. And then came out here and you showed me just what, three, four, five different cues, a couple little things to change and tweak. And I mean, within a half an hour, the shot groups were getting tighter yeah. simply because we just tweaked a few little things. I thought I was good, yep. but without that outside perspective, uh, I think it's going to be very difficult. So I, I would say that um, it's just finding other guys in your community who have been hunting before, who know how to hunt, like just go with them. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to hunt,
0: ask them questions, right?
1: Ask them questions, go with them. I actually did a video, a Facebook video just the other day. I think it was yesterday. And I think I titled it look stupid or so- something along those lines. And I think that our, we get these like egos and this pride and this arrogance about us that says you can't ask questions cause you look <laughs> foolish. And I've probably asked you guys some dumb questions this weekend and you're like, Oh, this guy should know this, but you know what? I don't know it. So but- I'm not going to be above asking that question so that I can learn something new and be better because I had the balls to actually ask for some advice, ask for some
0: input. You definitely got to ask hunters questions because we are more than happy to, as you can see, I was more than happy to answer your questions and, and even to show you things that I think you were doing wrong. And, and, and I really appreciate that you've been coachable as well. That's, I think, even on my side as somebody who's trying to mentor you, I think that's been very important. So that's a good lesson to learn You know, for those new hunters out there. Be coachable, you yeah know, be willing to learn, be willing to ask the questions um be open to things you know just be open to it and you know take in as much as you can you don't have to take everything you know as it is, but you know take as much as you can from each you know learning point or each you know advice that you've given from somebody
1: I mean yeah I mean if it if it's qualified advice, why wouldn't you do that <laughs> I'm always amazed when somebody gets a piece of advice and they let their ego and their arrogance be their own worst enemy because They don't want to look foolish or they want to put on this show that I know. And I'm sure, Clay, I'm sure that you run across this all the time. Guys coming in here who have absolutely no idea, just like me, no idea what's going on. And yet they pretend like they do. Mm -hmm. And they make it way worse than it needs to be because they won't just shut up and listen and then apply what's being taught.
0: I think that's one of the biggest problems I see in hunting is guys who are, and girls who think that they know more than they really do and, and have that ego about them or that pride about them that, you know, I'm not willing to ask the questions or learn, you know, and that's, I even struggled with that at times. You know, I, I, I struggled to ask the questions and, and to really take in what some of those mentors that were mentoring me had to say. And I got to this point where, you know what, what they're saying is right. Yeah. Well, I need to learn from that. I need to, you know, implement that into, you know, my different hunts or just even life, you know? So. Definitely. What did you think about the, you know, after the shot, you know, the, the, where the real work starts, you know, what did you think about that whole process? Talk about that a little bit. Well, more. so I was,
1: um, after we, we shot that first deer, I was a little, I was a little nervous. Like I was expecting to see a big blood trail just like right there. So when we didn't see it, I was disappointed. I was like, oh man, that's why I didn't think and it, you know, I even hit it. Um, fortunately, and you, and you said this was a good move and I don't know why I did this, if it was just instinct or maybe some military training or something like that. But I, I followed that buck afterwards Mm -hmm. and we were able to walk right the exact trail essentially that he took after he got shot. We found it Mm was the blood trail 30 yards away. Yeah. It's
0: very important when, when you're, when you squeeze that trigger and make that shot, you don't want to just pull away. Oh, where did he go? You know, or, or, or or, get excited excited right away. Yeah, Yeah, I got him, or whatever. You know, you want to take your time watch where he went, watch, you know, there was different cues that even I saw that you didn't even realize right. that I saw like the big donkey. Kiss, yeah. Like, and, his tail's down, his yeah. tail was down. You know, I saw things that were happening that you didn't even realize at right. that time. And that's why you right away, you were like, Oh man, I don't think I got him. I felt good, but I don't think I got him. And right. then we kind of came back and I was like, well, you know did you see yeah. his tail was down Yeah. you know and i was trying to trying to teach you you know i was trying to have you learn a little bit about you know no, those different awesome. little cues
1: well that and then the other thing that i noticed and this didn't happen on that hunt just because i only took the one shot but last night we went out pig hunting and i took a shot and i missed like i knew when i shot i knew i missed and we were there looking to see if we could still see him and you had told me to chamber another round
0: yeah
1: i didn't even think about that you know experience would have i would have automatically done that um so there are a little things that can be learned so there was so was there was that um tracking the the blood and and, and finding him that, i think i think i lucked out quite honestly because he was we knew the trail he was on we saw the blood he was 20, i looked up He was 20 yards away i think we lucked out like i think i had it easy from that perspective well
0: even after i shot my buck though i think i taught you some valuable things there as well like you know you really want to go find that deer real quick. You know, you, you want to get out there and, and, and find them. But I said, let's just be patient. Let's yeah, sit down. Let's, I just sat down right in the road, right where we were at. And I said, let's just sit down for a second. Let's gain our composure a little bit. You know, let's, let's just be patient with this. We have plenty of time. Let's let that deer go lay down. If say I did make a bad shot on it. Right. That deer's going to typically go lay down and die anyway. You know, it takes a little bit longer, but it dies quick. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's peaceful. Um, you don't want that adrenaline pumping through him. So right. you don't want to rush in there and all of a sudden that deer's injured a little bit and he gets up and he's running away. That's the worst thing. We we don't want that as hunters. Yeah, so definitely take your time, you know, get over to where you think you shot him, look for that blood, kind of disperse out and go from there. I think there's a lot to be learned. I think you learned yeah. a lot just in, in those little things. You know, 100%. you don't realize that you're going to learn all those little things. Yeah, there was
1: that. Um, I think the other side of it was, I kind of feel like, yeah, I grew up fishing a little bit and you just, you clean your own fish. That's what you do. Like if you're not willing to clean your fish, then don't, don't go, go fishing. fishing. <laughs> like that's part of the deal. It's yep. part of the catch. And it's the same thing with, with shooting a deer yep. or any other animal is I feel like you've got like, that's, that's part of it. That's like the fun part. Now you got to do the real part. Right. And so it was actually really cool to to do that. I, I thought it was intriguing. I know a lot of people might get with I actually thought it was intriguing. Like it was fascinating to see the deer's organs and I thought that was cool. And although that maybe it's not the glamorous part, like that was a part of it. But and that connection, a deeper connection, just yeah, like you said. Yeah. Yep, the connection. connection
0: you feel because you do that and you put the work in, you take the time to do that and you really uh, focus on that. You know, that connection that you feel there is just, there's nothing like it, man. And
1: the level of appreciation. I mean, it gets real, right? Because you're, you're literally cutting this deer open into his meat, into his organs, into his heart and yeah. seeing the blood. And I mean, there's, it definitely gives you a sense of, of like the reality of what you're actually doing. Um, but then it's the old adage, you know, nothing that you ever had came came easy or nothing ever worth it was easy, right? Yep. And And I feel like if you just take a really easy path and you could, you could take a very easy path that you won't be satisfied. But now when my family and I eat that deer, it's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to taste totally. that much better because I know I'm the one that harvested it. We you know together we cleaned out the guts and got them all cleaned up. There's a sense of satisfaction I think that's going to come with that more so than just biting into a burger that you just got at the store.
0: Totally. What do you think your kids and family are going to think now?
1: Oh, they're stoked. They're already. I already. You know, they already know. They're they're stoked. My my boys especially are so excited about it. Um,
0: you plan on taking them?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's going to be a cool uh, opportunity to bond and 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 connect and show them. Uh, a skill that I want to continue to hone and develop. And so they'll definitely, this will be a family thing.
0: Teach them about life.
1: Right. Yeah. It's an analogy, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: What does your future as a hunter look like? Uh,
1: man, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I didn't plan on just doing one hunt and saying, okay, good. Check it off the box. I'm done. Like I plan, I've always just planned on, on being a hunter. Yeah right? Getting more involved. So you, year. you,
0: you feel like you're a hunter now, like you're no, a hunter I would, and you're going to, I wouldn't a...
1: say that I'm a hunter now. I would say from my perspective, I would say that I've hunted and I don't know if there's a magic number. No- like once you go on 10 hunts, then you're a hunter. I don't know if that's I, I, the case.
0: I, I think you're a hunter,
1: but I don't know. Like I have, I have, I fully shown that level of commitment. I don't know, May I guess it's different perspective for different people at this point. I don't consider myself a hunter. I've had a successful hunt, and I will continue to hunt until I feel right about calling myself a "quote unquote" hunter.
0: <laughs> What's that? You're not you're not a, you're not a true hunter until you kill a big buck. That, that be, well, I've heard, or, no. or,
1: or 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 bite the heart raw, or whatever yeah, else. Which yeah, I wasn't, yeah. even if you guys talked me into doing that. Hey, I we heard. did eat hard though. We did eat heart. We did eat heart, and I appreciate you putting that together for us. So. Yeah.
0: Well, we're going to wind down, Ryan. Awesome. I just really enjoyed this interview, man. Thanks for Yeah, me for your too. Time. Well, I,
1: more I, so than the interview, just the just the last, what, four or five days out here has yeah, been awesome. Yeah, man. It's
0: been, it's been a good time. I've learned a lot. I think you've learned a lot. I mean, it sounds like you've learned a lot. And, you know, I'm just excited that you're going to take what you've learned and you're going to, you know, this is in your journey as a man and it's in your journey as a hunter, you know, so you you started a new journey, but it's all part of your journey in life. Definitely. And you're going to be able to, you know, go out there and, and use the skills you learn and all the different things and, and pass these on to your boys and your family and, and the people that you're mentoring. And, you know, it's just exciting to me, man. I think, I think we need more people that go out there and do that and, and take the initiative, to do that. And that's a big part of activate the hunt is just taking the initiative to activate the hunt you know, get people involved. And as we talked about, it's not just about hunting. It's about life. It's about, you know, it's not necessarily about being a man or whatever, but you know, it's part of manhood, you know, we're men. And this is a big part of our journey as men. So, um, I like to ask a question at the end of every, uh, interview. And that question is, why do you hunt? Hmm.
1: Well, I, I guess the reason that I hunt is Number one to put food on the table. I mean, ultimately, that's that's the main objective. That's that's the reason I would be out here doing that. Um, but I also think there's there's a couple other benefits that I can see right offhand. Number one is it helps me to be a better human being, right? Because I have to develop a certain set of skills that allow me to be successful with this hunt, and then of course that's going to translate into other areas of my life. And I think every time and any time that you can work on yourself, you're never going to lose. That's like that's a bet or an investment that will never lose. And this is an opportunity for me to invest in myself. The other side, and this is actually really hard for me because I'm, I'm very family oriented. I want to be with my family. I want to spend time. And yet here I am away from them for five days, which, which I miss them. And I want to be home and available. And I think, man, I can, how can I be a great father or husband if I'm not even there? But I also think there's, I'm teaching my kids too, right? Like I'm teaching them that it's okay to take time for yourself It's okay to pursue your own interests and and activities. Uh, It's okay to engage in in noble pursuits. Mm -hmm. And we can teach our children by being there. Yes, that is important. But it's also to teach them through the example that we set. And I'm not out here at the expense of them or or putting them on the back burner. I'm out here taking care of myself and some things for the family so that when I come back, I'm that much more effective Mm -hmm. as a husband and father. And those are the reasons that, yeah, that, that I participated yeah, in this on.
0: That's excellent, man. Yeah. I love that. Where can people find out more about you and and where you know what websites and all that good sure. stuff? Sure.
1: Yeah. Orderofman.com is our headquarters. That's where you can find all the stuff that we're doing. Uh, we've got a pretty active Facebook group. I know you're part of that. I think we've got roughly, I don't know, close to 40,000 people in there. Uh, that's uh, facebook.com slash groups slash orderofman. And then anywhere you're on social media, it's all at orderofman. We try to make it really easy for people to find us. So if you Google at orderofman, you'll find us anywhere you want to find us.
0: And men, definitely check out the podcast. There's yeah. a lot of great interviews with uh, some top-notch men and a lot to learn there. So definitely open your mind and learn. That's right. Thanks a bunch, Ryan. I appreciate this, man. This, appreciate is, this you, has brother. been an awesome week. I'm, I'm just grateful to have you as a friend. And I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the friendship even more. It's really fascinating because I was asked, or I was telling my wife, she was asking how I knew you <laughs> and uh, I said, well, we've only met once, you know, we just met, met online. Which well, is I randomly really emailed online. the other That's door. right. <laughs> And that was what about a year ago or so? Yeah, maybe about that. It and was
0: it was actually um, I think August or September of, last, of year. last year, and I had found you about two or three months before that, and just kept been paying attention. Yeah, yeah. And I saw what you were doing. I was like, man, I I need to connect with this guy.
1: So I did. One of the things I've got to say about you that's really <clears throat> cool is is you understand leading with value. Um, I get I get reached out and connected with a lot, and most of the people that I connect with want to take right. Yeah. Like, what can this guy do for me? What can I get? Um, one thing that I really, really appreciated about you was that you said, Hey, I know you want to go to a shot show. This was again last year. I can get you in. I've got a ticket. We'll get you in. We'll go down together. And that was pretty cool leading with value. And then just to see where this friendship has, has gone because you were willing to lead with value is actually well, a pretty cool lesson for me. I could
0: see that you were leading with value too. So it value attracts value. For sure. You know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. You, you were leading with value and I saw that myself just with, you know, with what you're doing online. And, that, and I said, you know, this is the kind of person that I want to surround myself with and I want to lead with value to him. So I cool. think it's important.
1: Appreciate you brother. Yep. Really do. Thank you, man. All right.
0: And that was my conversation with Ryan Mickler. I hope you all enjoyed uh, the conversation. I hope you took a lot of information from it. Uh, If you you enjoyed it, be sure to reach out to Ryan on Instagram, at Ryan Mickler. Let him know that you uh, liked the conversation. Check out his content there. He's a a good guy. I think you'll really enjoy what he's got going on as well. I wanted to also remind you again, be sure to check out activatethehunt.com. Sign up for the email list there. I'm not going to spam you. This is just to notify you of the cool stuff I've got coming up. I've got some really cool features coming up, and I want to let everybody know right away when I launch that new feature. So be sure to check that out. Sign up. activate ActivateTheHunt.com Also, don't forget to hit subscribe on whatever app you're listening from. And I'd also appreciate it if you'd leave me a rating and review if you're listening on iTunes. This will help others that are looking for hunting information find this podcast. Check back next week. I'll have another conversation with a great hunter. Have a great week, everyone.
1: Thank you for listening to Activate the Hunt podcast. For additional information about
0: this podcast, the show notes, hunting articles, and more, visit www.activatethehunt.com.